Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. You're with Breakfast with Lily and Ryan. And on why it matters now, Ryan, you've got a young child. Yes. You first started a family. What topped your concerns, especially when it came to having a home you can call your own? Yeah, lots to really uh, figure out because you've got location in mind, also affordability, and I guess how close to my parents. So that was something that you know, I had to grapple with. You know, where can I find mm. a new place that can just tick all the boxes. And something that you can afford as well, right? So at the latest Committee of Supply debate, the National Development Ministry announced a slew of housing measures aimed at helping young families secure their first flats in a more timely manner, as well as options to enhance livability for seniors. Mm, So this is something that we'll be talking about. And beyond that, the focus was also put on detailing the ministry's longer-term plans for the urban development of our little red dot. And joining us this morning to share more, we have Ms Indrani Raja, Minister in the Prime Minister's Office and Second Minister for National Development and Finance. Welcome to the show, Minister. Good Hi, morning. Thanks Minister. Hey, great catching up with you again. It's been quite a busy stretch from budgets and then right after that, the COS debates. Have you had a chance to take a breather yet? No, not really. It's been like a roller coaster ride. Still going, still going. A few more days to go. Okay, we'll dive right in, okay? We saw a robust discussion in Parliament at the National Development Ministry's Committee of Supply debate. What stood out for you? I think what was interesting was the fact that there was such a huge range covered by MND, not just from, you know, HDB flats, but all the way to safeguarding marine and coastal space. So it's a really wide spectrum. Uh, The ministry does a huge amount of work with a lot of agencies, but of course, affordability and accessibility of residential housing, public housing, uh, of course, is one big topic. Um, Then how we're going to plan for the future was another big topic. Now, one particular worry that came through from several MPs that they highlighted is the market impact of some of these higher housing grants on the price of resale flats. And this is especially in the light of the resale market being quite buoyant and also recent concerns about the affordability of some of these resale flats. We've seen some in the headlines as well. How much can these property cooling measures help in curtailing some of these prices? Right. I mean, I can understand the concern. It's, it's a fair question. We had considered that very carefully before deciding on uh, enhancing the grant. But on balance, we felt that it would be a good measure to do, given that, you know, there were concerns about being able to afford uh, prices on the resale market. We calibrated it this way. We had introduced two rounds of cooling measures in September 21 and December 22, and this was really to moderate the demand and to encourage prudent borrowing. So that was one moderating measure. And then the second thing to remember is that not all the resale buyers will benefit from the increased grant. It's actually a targeted measure rather than a broad-based move. So it's targeted at eligible first-timer home buyers with incomes below 14,000 for families and 7,000 for singles. And about a third of resale buyers have received the CPF housing grant in the last two years. So we estimate that this will benefit about 10,000 first-timer households in the first year of implementation. So just remember, it's not, it's not broad-based and for everyone, it's, mm. it's a targeted measure. Okay, Minister, this time round, we saw a slew of housing initiatives targeted at young families. Can you give us a sense of the feedback you've gotten from young parents and how have their needs evolved? And to what extent do you think the initiatives have addressed their key concerns? 
Well, with young parents, there's actually a whole range of, of issues that they grapple with. Uh, housing was one of them, but that was for a, a smaller group because there's also a larger group which had their housing, but they had other issues. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the other issues were addressed in the budget, uh, cost of raising a child, parental leave, so we increased paternity leave, and then we also extended the unpaid infant care leave. But for the housing portion, the group that can't get it, their concerns are very real because they've married or they have young families. Um, so we decided that this particular group should be given additional priority because their, their needs are, in a sense, more urgent. And hence the measures that were announced both by DPM Wong and further details given by Minister Desmond Lee yesterday uh, that for married couples and you know families with young children, they will be given additional priority. The group, the targeted group, the ones that are given additional priority, get one additional ballot. So they get three uh, ballot chances when they apply for a BTO flat in mm -hmm. any estate. And we increase the flat supply set aside for this group and we'll offer them first priority when they apply for a four-room or smaller BTO flat in a non-mature estate. Yeah, some additional help for young families and first-time buyers. And moving on to another area of interest is the seniors. And this is an area I'm finding quite interesting because it's around what's called the community care apartments. This is a joint offering by MND, MOH and HDB that expands the housing options for some of our seniors. So it involves integrating the senior-friendly housing with care services. So there's a pilot project and we could see it happening in Budok later this year, a third one, and later on a pipeline of other locations as well. So what factors will the MND be taking into account when deciding the location of some of these pilots? Well, when deciding where to site the pilots, we obviously look at the demographic profile. You want to choose uh, areas which have more elderly and where there is a, they have a need for, for facilities and for this kind of uh, community care apartments. So the first two were in Bukit Batok and uh, Queenstown, and then we found that they were very well subscribed, and we were able to use these as proof points. Uh, we could see what worked, uh, what didn't, and what the seniors liked. And hence, when we have the third CCA site at Badok, we'll be able to implement this. This site has got quite good attributes. Um, it has convenient access to amenities like the community centres, the markets, hawker centres, as well as the active ageing centres. So you want to really create a whole community around which seniors can be active, interact with others. It's not good to just put them alone and, you know, in one particular place. They must be integrated and active in the community. But over and above that, because it's not going to be possible to do community care apartments everywhere for all the seniors given the rapidly aging population, what we're also simultaneously doing is designing towns, designing precincts to be age-friendly so that even if you're not in a community care apartment, the entire environment in which you live basically makes for active ageing and provides for support. Let's talk about the bigger plan in terms of land use. The long-term plan review, which sets out our goals in the next 50 years, concluded last year. And now we're heading into the next round of planning, the master plan review, which will cover detailed land use and plans to help us get there. You've said that this will center on livability. How exactly would you define that, keeping in mind evolving needs? And could you let us in on some examples of what some of these plans might entail? Okay, so the you know we have the long-term plan, which looks ahead into the next 50 years. And then to give effect to that, 
you've got to start thinking in terms of 10 to 15 year time frames and that's what the master plan is about and yes you're right it's going to center on livability and for livability the question is what are the aspirations of singaporeans uh, when they you know have living spaces what do they want there were a few things um obviously uh, inclusive housing towns so basically for for all ages with a good mix of public and private homes so that you know you have different profiles in the same place and that's what it means to be inclusive at the same time they wanted to have good amenities uh, access to commercial spaces to malls to schools to healthcare facilities community spaces where they can integrate and do things and the other thing is greenery Singaporeans are really really big on greenery and I I think the pandemic showed how important it mm. was to have access to nature so good access to parks to park connectors and to sports and recreational facilities that came up very high as well and I think the other thing is good urban design if you have well designed areas i mean they're designed for activity but at the same time um to make for lively places so you know dra is very big into place making at the moment you may have just a small plot uh, empty space but you can do so many interesting things with it by introducing interactive features by putting in sculptures even just having you know a, a painting on the wall where people can go and take their instagram or their selfie and that makes for interactive space and then i think obviously transport access um pe- people want to be able to make sure that they have connectivity that's very important so these are just some of the things that form livability but at the heart of it it's really about a thriving community well connected able to do the things that they want to do and having an, an active and healthy lifestyle Yeah, Minister, alluded to this a bit earlier. How we are making a push towards becoming greener in some sense, because uh, you've detailed some plans to raise targets in lines with efforts to restore nature into our urban landscape. In particular, to restore 80 hectares of forest, coastal, and marine habitats by 2030. Can you give us a sense? How do you approach this challenge? Because we've got in the backdrop, you know, a Singapore that is increasingly. becoming more built up by the same time we're trying to find space for all this greenery so you know you've touched on a really good point because we're very aware of climate change we're very aware of the need to protect the environment um and you know even from day one right uh, singapore was was a garden city so we've always loved our green but at the same time we need to develop we need to build we need to grow i mean we need more land for housing where does this land come from if we need more commercial space where does this come from so the key for us is to be able to achieve the right balance um in countries which have large swathes of land it's not an issue you can always spread out and and grow right your urbanization can push out but singapore can't we're a small island we have limited space and the question is how do you meet all these competing needs in limited space and the answer is very very careful planning and this is done by ura by nparks in consultation with other agencies depending on what kind of facilities and we we talk to lta all the time and we try to make sure that we balance it so the areas where we decide are conservation areas if this is heritage forest heritage areas those i think we need to preserve um at the same time if we need to build on certain green areas then we have to assess the environmental impact so all of this is done very carefully but at the same time where we can and and parts has been doing a great job of this we try to extend our green spaces 
So we were able to open, I think, or we have six more nature parks targeted to be open progressively until 2030. And we've also got a few other things like conserving our native plants, animal species. Over 30 hectares of forest, coastal, coastal and marine habitats have already been restored and enhanced. And we're going to increase our target to restore and enhance forests, marine and coastal habitats from 30 hectares to 80 hectares by 2030. So yeah, careful planning. All right. Thank you very much for your time with us this morning. We've been speaking with Ms. Indrani Raja, Minister in the Prime Minister's Office and Second Minister for National Development and Finance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.